Welcome everyone to our podcast, Many Threads, One Fabric, in production with New York State United Teachers. At Many Threads, One Fabric, we understand that our stories, while unique, are part of a larger human story. By sharing those stories, we can find common ground within our diverse worlds and experience the American motto of E Pluribus Unum, out of many one. At NICET, we see it as our many threads creating one fabric. So today we're here at Many Threads, One Fabric with Mr. Patrick Brady, our very own BTA union president. Um, This is actually our second take with Mr. Brady because the first time where we recorded him as one of our guests on our summer series, um, unfortunately, as soon as we were done and we were all wrapped up, uh, that, that recording didn't download. <laughs> so I'll just say uh, that after that really great episode didn't record, we immediately made a move to fire our entire production team <laughs> because we couldn't believe that we would put so much work into the interview and then not have it record. And then we were horrified to learn that we are the production team. <laughs> and it's basically us and an iPad. So uh, we're hoping that this time it all comes together a little bit more smoothly and we have a record of what would be a really interesting conversation. So yeah, Pat was really kind to come back to us, um, not with a whole lot of trust, but you know we offered him some pizza and a drink and he's here. It doesn't take much to bring Patrick Brady to you. <laughs> um, so instead of having a summer series with Pat, we're going to take a look at Uh, The Many Faces of Patrick Brady. Uh, So I'm here with my co-host, Andrew Budras. I'm Wendy Palladino. And Patrick Brady is going to tell us a little bit about um, all of the different facets that make Patrick Brady who he is. And he really uh, does have um, a a really interesting background. He's um, really well-rounded in terms of like, you know, all of the experience that he has and the things that he uh, does. So let's let's get started. Yeah? Let's do it. All right, cool. Uh, so, hi, Patrick. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for coming back. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, we're going to start with some personal questions and just like, not, well, not really personal, but about your personal life. Um, just tell us a little bit. Um, I believe Christine, your wife, is a teacher too, right? Correct. She's a ELA teacher at uh, Newfield High School. Uh, currently, I think she teaches ninth grade. Ah, Newfield, our homecoming rivals this year. Is that right? I think so, right? I don't know. Oh, gosh. Class advisors need to know these things. <laughs> so, yes, our rivals this year. Um, and um, you guys have one son, right? One son, Brennan. Uh, he is a ninth grader at uh, Pat Med High School. And um, that's it. That's all we have. That's the one. Okay. Well, just the one keeps you really busy because one of the things that we were talking about in the summer was how his soccer travel team gets you to travel a lot more than the average soccer team, I think, or the average travel soccer team. Um, So could you tell us a little bit about what you did this summer? So this summer we had the opportunity to watch my son play in Sweden. So, um, in a 
World Youth uh, Soccer Tournament called the Gothia Cup. I was like 13 days we were over there and uh, got to see really good play from teams from all over the world. Uh, he got to play teams from England, uh, Brazil, uh, and Sweden. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty intense, uh, good competition, and he learned a lot and walked away with many injuries, uh, which actually led for him being shut down right now. But uh, but he's doing all right, and we are a traveling soccer family. In the past, we had the opportunity to go to Colombia, um, and that was more of a goodwill tour uh, for soccer. Um, so, yeah, my uh, fortunately... Uh, my wife um, knows Long Island very well. She does most of the traveling with him and driving around. She's in Southampton three times a week for practice. And, so he uh, practices. You live in Patchogue, right? I live in Patchogue. And he practices in Southampton. Yes. And you've gone to Colombia and Sweden to watch him play. I feel really <laughs> terrible for myself <laughs> if I have to drive to New Hyde Park for my daughter's <laughs> travel team. So I'm very impressed with the commitment of the Bradys to, to their son. Um, does, how does, how does he feel about it? Oh, he loved the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves playing. And I think most important, he likes the people that he meets and the culture that he gets to experience when he's over there. I mean, when we were in Colombia, uh, Colombia was a greater shock to us, I think, um, than, uh, Sweden. But in Colombia, you could go there and you could feed a family of, you know, five an empanada meal where you go to Mitrita, it's going to cost you like 60 bucks. Yeah. You know, there was $7. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. We got to experience a, uh, a swim up bar. I've never had gone to that in my life. Um, <laughs> so a typical Colombian experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to a, a swim up bar and we spent no money the whole time trip. And I, I just said to my wife, I said, all these people have been very gracious to us on this trip. Mm-hmm. Let me just pick up the tab for, um, the swim up bar and it was kids it was you know some adult drinks but the kids were drinking from you know those I don't know where the kids drink daiquiris virgin daiquiris pina coladas so you know it's like 25 people on the tip and whatever it was and uh I get the bill with the tip included was $72 no oh my so when we were, we were just we were just surprised at that yeah you know the exchange rate and things like that um when we went to Sweden <laughs> Uh, it was more uh, equivalent to our dollar. Gotcha. So um, does Brennan, has Brennan ever remarked that he wants to travel when he gets to college or after college based on these experiences or is he not thinking on that level yet? Uh, Brennan's main goal is to travel uh, around the world and fish. Nice. <laughs> he, we, uh, he's big into fishing. Uh, we're, him and I fish a lot. Um, so that's his main goal is to start by fishing up and down the East Coast um, and then um, go from there. Do you have your own boat? We do have our own boat. Nice. Where do you guys go out of? We go out of Patchogue, mm-hmm. uh, Patchogue River, right across from uh, Dublin Deck is where we keep it. Mm-hmm. And uh, But we have friends with boats in Montauk where we fish, another friend in Merch is where we fish off of, so uh, we fish a lot. That's cool. So he wants to do that, like as a experience. Oh, as a profession. I, I think that's what he's trying. Yeah. Kind of gearing towards. Maybe charter captain or something. Chartering, mm-hmm. 
he has wanted to do it for years now. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. That's um, so cool. And you're good with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll support him in it. Awesome. Yeah, that's what he wants to do. We'll support him with it. And um, how many more years do you have to retire so you can go with him? <laughs> Ten. Okay. <laughs> Ten more years until I retire. Nice. So Pat. A lot of people know this, but not everyone knows this, but um, you also have your own contracting business. I know you've done work for me. Uh, that might surprise some of the listeners because you probably, if you knew me, you'd think like, well, that, he's a real self-sufficient guy <laughs> mechanically, but not as much as you'd think. Anytime I needed anything built, we always <laughs> talked to Brady first and it was a... It was a uh, he was super helpful. So can you talk a little bit about your contracting business? Because it's a little unusual for... For a teacher, yeah, sure. So um, prior to teaching, uh, it took me a while to get out of college. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, one of the things I did was uh, I was building houses in the Hamptons uh, for a contractor for someone else, and I learned the trade uh, pretty well. And um, but then traveling out there, you know, hour and a half, two hours a day to go to work. Mm -hmm. And then coming back, hour and a half, two hours, you know, started to weigh on me. And um, I was close to finishing my degree, um, so I, I did, uh, to become a special education teacher and a history teacher. Um, but while I was going through my years in college, um, I was uh, afforded the opportunity some from other friends uh, to start my own company and how it came about is we were up at uh, Cavanaugh's in Bayport Blue Point. Great, great, <laughs> All great things yeah, happen at bars. <laughs> great, great, great wings over there. Especially that bar. Um, and uh, Roy, the gentleman behind the bar, was frustrated that he couldn't find someone to buy uh, build a deck. So then the guys who I was with knew I was a little handy and they were like, hey Brady. I'm like, what? They're like, you're building this guy a deck. And I said, I don't have any tools. So like I said, they were a little bit older, so they basically set me up with my business mm. back then. And then uh, from there, I took off. I uh, took care of rental properties. I uh, I flipped homes, um, and uh, now I now I do smaller projects. Um, I'm a little bit busier these days, so uh, but I still do summer projects. Do some stuff in the summer, uh, and there's a lot of us, you know, in the teacher ranks that do that. Uh, in our district alone. Um, Are there? Because you could ask my husband and he would assume no, te no teachers know how to work with their hands at all. <laughs> like, he just is like, there's no way. But, like, you break that kind of stereotype. And there are. There's lots of teachers. I, I think there's many of us, if not, we're working with our hands, we're working with our minds and doing different things over the yes. summer. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like, I mean, John Bishop... High school teacher, he works with me over the summer. I could always call on him. Mm -hmm. um, there's enough people out there that do it. Um, so I have a question because <clears throat> I know that, you know, the nature of teaching, we're not producing a lot of tangible things. Like if you're, if you're helping rebuild a house, when you drive by, you say, look at the front of that house. I did that. Mm -hmm. you know? Or if you help pave a road or something, you say, like, I did this. I did this road. Uh, and we don't generally 
have that kind of experience with teaching. I mean, I actually find it a little obnoxious <laughs> if I see a student who's uh, accomplishing something and I go, that's because of me, because <laughs> yeah, I would never yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's, it's them and you're just trying to kind of position them to do well. When you're hanging out in the social groups that, of, of people who work with their hands and, and produce tangible things, is there like a, ever a tension? Do you guys like hit each other a lot? It's, very, it's a very different way to make a living. <laughs> yeah. So what's that dynamic like? Um, it's a great question. <laughs> because I, for me, like as a guy, I, I express, um, it's almost like I express my endearment for somebody by making fun of them. You know, like, so is there a lot of that? There is a lot of that. Um, <laughs> So, it's just male culture. Guys. Yes, that's, how, that's the only way we can <laughs> express it. Yeah, unfortunately, or fortunately, or it is what it is, and many of you know my sense of humor. Uh, you know, they make fun of me when I can't reach something, <laughs> or you know, they'll pull out a step ladder when it's something only five foot tall that I got to reach, and things like that. Uh, so yeah, we make fun of each other, have a good time with it. Um, uh, it's mostly at my expense, though. <laughs> Oh, you gotta be a good sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, but I, I see you kind of straddle those two worlds, and it's, it's gotta be a cool, uh, kind of cool place to be sometimes for you. We doing both those things. What, what, what I do appreciate, and I have appreciated, like throughout my career, I've had our colleagues, like kids, work with me, mm-hmm. and um, like two stand out. I used to have Stephen O'Hara used to work with me, and like the week before he was leaving for college he was using a saw and they set it up where I was inside but he was outside with the saw and he legit like made it look like he cut his hand so and he was going to be a college athlete yes yes <laughs> so um yeah so that, oh that was pretty nerve wracking like and they couldn't hold it together it was him and my buddy oh, hey, they couldn't hold it together they just started laughing at me <laughs> I think I think I like had like half my shirt off ready to <laughs> get, get, get ready to wrap his ready hand ready yeah. stay with me Steve yeah, yeah. don't leave me it was, it was bringing me back to my old EMT days when I was like doing that and then uh, most recently I had uh, Matt Federn's boys work for me uh, Brian and then Colin um, so uh yeah, just good experiences and uh, watching them uh, utilizing the skills that they learned, you know, with me. And, um, you know, they have taught me a bunch of things um, by doing it. And now they're going on to be engineers or whatever and using those skills. So that's that's what's pretty cool. It's like having these young kids come up and work with me. And, um, it was just nice to see that. Did you hear him say EMT? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're an EMT first, also? I'm but sorry. First, I, 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 yes, back, first, back in the day. I need to know. My son went to work with his uncle this summer. Mm-hmm. It was not a good experience. Can he go to work with you? Save him from his uncles, please. <laughs> if, if I'm still doing it, I'll it was an awful experience. Yeah. He'll do good, yeah. I promise. <laughs> It's Take a Look at Teaching Initiative is a union-led initiative to develop a robust statewide educator pipeline in New York. 
One of its aims is to increase educators' workforce diversity. In the 2016 to 17 school year, more than 200 public school districts in New York did not employ a single teacher of color. Overall, enrollment in New York State's teachers' education programs have declined by 50% since 2009. With more teachers retiring, it is estimated that we will need up to 180,000 teachers in the next 10 years. The teacher shortage crisis is real. We need you. Thanks to the strength of our union, New York teachers make a good living in a very rewarding profession. Consider taking a look at teaching for your future career. Um, no, but I did hear EMT. You're also an EMT? Not anymore, I was. I know you are now, but but that was another face of Paprika. Oh, that was another face of Paprika? Was that before or after construction? That was the morning. So I I, I was a volunteer EMT. Nice. Okay. So, um, did it in college, came at Northern Kentucky, then came home and did it with my local fire department, and then, um, then pursued or finished pursuing education. Did you do schooling for that or any kind of specific well, it's training? A class. Yeah, it's, a class. it's just a class. And anyone interested, they go to Suffolk Community College's offers a great program. Mm-hmm. A lot of our local EMS services offer programs that they can help you. Hmm. It's just another thing I can't do because <laughs> I can't build a deck, but I especially <laughs> can't give CPR. See, yeah, I mean, maybe I could do that because I don't think there's a lot of blood involved, but uh, but yeah, no. it depends. <laughs> Oh, EMT. How long did you do that for? Three years. Yeah, and you didn't like that. Like it didn't make you. So none of these other professions made you want to go in those directions. No. Yeah. What caused you to lock in on education when you had all these other paths in front of you? Mm-hmm. So my parents kind of steered me towards education. Uh, I thought at one time I might have wanted to law enforcement. Um, but then my mom was like, you know, why don't you try to check out Eastern Suffolk Boses, go and apply to be a TA and see if you enjoy it. So I worked for Eastern Suffolk Boses and I really liked what I did there. And then I decided that that was my path. Hmm. It was special education. So you came to education through special education, not through history. Correct. Because a lot of my history major friends decided that they needed special education to kind of be more hireable, right? But you you actually were attracted to the special education. Um, I, I was. My first certification, however, was in social studies. Mm-hmm. Be, it's just how my college classes lined up. Right. So it was uh, a quicker uh, pathway to education mm-hmm. uh, was through social studies. Um, and I, I did apply for social studies jobs and, uh, I never landed a full time right at, right out of college. Um, so I stayed at BOCES, continued to pursue my, uh, special education cert. And then I, then I went into special education right away. So where'd you go to college? Uh, originally I went to, uh, Northern Kentucky University, which is in, um, Covington, Kentucky, just south of Cincinnati, Ohio. Where Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from I am from Farmingville, <laughs> New York, which is the Pat Med School District. And 
what led you to Kentucky? <laughs> uh, so, originally um, in high school, I was a soccer player. Um, things didn't necessarily work out for me. Um, so I was looking for another path to college. So um, I decided that I would go to college and I was a college cheerleader. <laughs> Don't laugh, <laughs> Wendy. It's just the way he said it. <laughs> he said it. No, like... He's like really slowly coming to it. Like, so... I um, decided <laughs> it's almost to be like, a cheerleader. It's almost to be like, I'm Patrick Brady, and I was a cheerleader. <laughs> All right. Look, it's fascinating. Yes. Because when I heard this, that you were like a college cheerleader, mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem like a natural fit because you are not a naturally exuberant person. <laughs> <laughs> so when in Pat Med at the time... Um, there was a co-cheerleading team. So um, a couple of my friends were on it. They're like, hey, why don't you come cheer? I was a little hesitant. And then I was like, yeah, why not? You know, it's just another sport to do. And then um, when I was looking at the colleges and pathways, um, I tried out for a few teams. I made Northern Kentuckys. Um, and uh, my guidance counselor was awesome. She helped me out, found a pathway for me, and that's what I did. So, uh, and there I was a uh, history major. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was a great experience. I did not finish my college career there though. After I guess two and a half years, uh, I came home, um, and then took a little break. That's when I was building houses. Mm. Did you um, <clears throat> fail out in that banjo class? <laughs> <laughs> Me. Oh, sorry. That's a completely <laughs> ignorant thing for me to say. Yeah. yeah um, I think a lot of it was like homesick and I just needed to come home and, you know, get back to my New York roots. And that's what I decided to do. Nice. Um, were you a gymnast or anything? No, I was not a gymnast. Um, I couldn't really not tumble. Um, I can throw myself around a little bit when I had to. Uh, I wasn't very good. And like compared to what people are doing now, like mm-hmm. male, not not just male cheerleaders, but what cheerleaders are doing now, like what I did was not impressive <laughs> at all. Um, no, we, we have, but look, I, I was kind of like the middle of the pack of the, you know, of the males on the team. Uh, I, there was some really, really good athletes um, that I cheered with. Um, but, Did uh, you get money? Like any kind yeah, of Yeah, it's like a little, yeah, it was, you know, whatever they give for the D2. It was a little bit of stuff. It's mm, great, though. Yeah. So what did you think of Kentucky? I mean, I know you yeah. made you want to come back, but. So uh, Kentucky was decent where I was. Um I was just south of Cincinnati, Ohio, like right over the bridge. It would be like maybe a 20-minute ride by car okay. from where my university was to um, University of Cincinnati. It was good. Uh, my I appreciated uh, my teammates. Uh, my roommates were great. My last set of roommates that I had, one guy was from upstate New York. Um, 
two of the others were from Jersey. So that's, I think, added to my, like, I got to get back to my roots type deal. Uh, so it, it was good. People were, people were friendly. Um, okay. Where'd you, uh, where'd you finish off? Did you go to the college that you finished with, or was there, like, kind of a... Um, so, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I left NKU. I came home. I did a couple classes on the interim at uh, Suffolk Community College. Then um, I went to Stony Brook a little bit because they asked me to go cheer for them. So then I went there. Oh, cool. did, yeah, did a little time in uh, Stony Brook. And then I finished up at Dallin College. How did you meet your wife, Christine? I actually met her through um, a mutual friend, I would say, um, that I used to be a volunteer fireman with. Mm -hmm. um, so we had an event, a uh, installation dinner, and then I just told my buddy Nick, I said, hey, just ask Amory to you know, bring a friend, you know, and um, yes. That is the Christine. friend? Yeah, so it was my wife, Christine. Um, so that's how we met. Were you guys already in education, on the track to be in education, or not yet? I was, I'm trying to think, I was on the track for education, Christine was not, she was on the track for uh, journalism, like broadcasting, um, and then kind of 9-11 happened, and a, co a couple other things were going on in the world at the time, and um, I was like, hey, why don't you check out education? So, uh, she, uh, is a teacher because of me, she says. Oh, <laughs> so she has you to think. Yeah. You know, I would have guessed the other way around. I would have just assumed that, that she would have been, like, it's my implicit bias, that she would have been completely, you know, going for education and, and might have, like, even put you more towards that path. That's what I assumed. Yeah, she gets the guy from the fire department yeah. who's like a contractor yeah. to think about helping kids one day. And, and look at that. Who knew? Patrick. The many faces of Pat Brady. I know. Breaking down stereotypes all over the place. <laughs> so I was thinking about, um, do you have your permanent certification or professional? I have my permanent certification in special education, social studies, and literacy. Okay, you don't have any others, is that okay? Okay. Um, like, we thank goodness all the time for the fact that we have the permanent certification because the newer certifications are teacher candidates have to, like, jump through hoops, it seems, right? So, as union president, what do you think about, like, the things that teachers have to do now in terms of you know, having to have all these prerequisites before they, before they can teach. Yeah, I, I think um, the intent of the prerequisites were good. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to have, uh, you know, provide younger people or people new to the profession with more uh, skills and um, structure and things like that heading into the classroom. But I think what we're seeing is it's one cost prohibitive mm -hmm. and two 
teachers or excuse me people are not getting into the teaching profession because of mm-hmm. um, there's just too many things that they have to go through to get the certification to uh, and it's just cost prohibitive and I'm not saying necessarily just the price of college is cost prohibitive but people have to work it takes a long time now to be a teacher mm-hmm. you know when when I did it even though I took a long path to education for some you could be done in four years out and, and, and working mm-hmm. it's it's it, that's not likely anymore right. it seems like it just seems it's a longer path yeah. to education you have to get multiple certifications um, you have to make yourself more marketable yeah. so um, I, I think it's uh, negatively impacting the uh, the number of the people. number of teachers mm-hmm. that or people going into the profession yeah I mean and, and when you think about it you have to do all these um, these things just to qualify yourself but it's one of those professions where you really don't know if you're going to like it mm-hmm. until you do it. Yeah. You're not even going to know mm-hmm. if it's a good fit until you do it. Mm-hmm. So you're studying and you're kind of getting involved in theory and you're embracing the idea of it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're in front of what can be an unforgiving classroom. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then that's when you might find out that now it was a five or six year journey that needs to be shifted whereas for me like you said I I was you know went to school when I was 18 and got out when I was 22 and started teaching when I was 22 so if I needed to shift gears I could have done it pretty quickly mm-hmm. and then you throw in uh, the tier 6 retirement system and it's kind of like what am I doing this for We the benefits are dwindling with every generation of teachers so do you hear anything about like you know are, are, is tier seven going to be even worse? Are we going to try to work on tier six? What do you think? So, I hope that in future years that they'll recorrect the tiers. So they'll never get rid of a tier. Right. Okay. Um, but those of us sitting at the table, we're all tier four. Mm-hmm. Tier four is a correction for tier three. Right, um, as explained to me. So I, I think as time goes on, um, they're gonna have to make adjustments to tiers, um, and we'll see a tier seven. What that tier seven is gonna be, I don't know. When that's gonna come about, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope it's corrected in mm-hmm. some form. Um, because this is a long career to do into your 60s mm-hmm. getting out of college at, you know getting your first job at 25 I mean I'm 45 I gotta go another 10 years um, I'll have about 33 years in education at that time yeah I'm done yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I'll be at I'll be at when I'm 55 I'll have 33 years also yeah. and I really expect to really love it until the day I leave but but 33 years is a lot of time to do one thing. Yeah. And it's pretty unique in this economy, so. NYSIT um, has an initiative called Take a Look at Teaching, and they're really trying to target um, students of color to start thinking about careers in education. And you mentioned that um, getting your certification now is cost prohibitive. How do you see that affecting our students of color? I think the first thing that we have to do is introduce the profession to all people mm-hmm. and, and make it uh, make it known 
that individuals from all demographics are needed mm -hmm. in our profession. Mm -hmm. um, because I think, you know, going back to, you know, my social studies roots, it's like, you know, traditional, you know, societies and stuff. You know, my, my parents are government workers. My mom was a school nurse. My dad worked for the post office. I kind of knew that I was following a path into some type of service. Yeah, service. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we have to make it known that services are available for all people. Mm -hmm. You know, this, these service jobs. But we have to get uh, open up the doors to these service jobs to all people. Um, because I don't think that we um, promote it enough. I think that's the biggest thing, um, is, is promotion. I will tell you, like one of the one of the um, initiatives from Wayne, you know, our past president, um, and I agree with is getting out to as many job fairs for teacher fairs as we can, hiring the right you know people for the profession, and, and opening the door, saying, hey, this is South Country, yeah. you know, this is you know what you, we have to offer. Um, in the area of for jobs um, so I think it's important to get the profession out there first and then uh, allow people to make the decision if it's appropriate for them or not I think also <clears throat> we're in this environment now where a lot of information is uh, gotten through social media so it's kind of national so when kids here or you know just young people who are choosing a career when they hear about teaching, a lot of times they'll, their conception of it comes from places where people are very low paid mm -hmm. and the, or a un, like a union free kind of state where, where they're not going to have much job security. And I find myself when I'm talking to, to students and asking them to consider teaching, one of the things I do pretty quickly is I tell them how much money I make given how many years I've been working. And also the difference between teaching in New York versus these other places. Because if you're looking on TikTok and you're hearing somebody from Oklahoma talking about the experience of being a teacher and why they left the profession, it's easy to conflate that with New York. And it really shouldn't be. And I think it's mainly because of our strong union presence in New York that it's, it's, kept, it's kept teaching as a more desirable kind of profession. But it's hard. You know, with the stricter certification and the tier six not really making it long long term like desirable, it's hard to promote. You know, like it's we make better pay comparatively, but I mean, our young teachers are struggling in the first few in the first five years at least. You know, um, they have to wait many years before they can get really comfortable, and you know that's hard to promote, especially when the certification and the retirement, like the beginning and the end mm -hmm. are not really promotable. They're not something that we want to really highlight. I, I think I, I agree that many of our uh, young, and I don't mean young as an age, but new to the profession mm -hmm. teachers uh, are struggle, struggling or having, uh, needing a means to find their way mm -hmm. in the classroom. Um, I'm in this 20 years, and I had a day the other day, actually it's my 21st year, I had a day the other day, and I, I was struggling. Mm. Like, I had to go, like, bounce ideas, you mm. know? So I'm like, 
you know, I, I would reach out to that person, you know, whoever that person is, mm -hmm. you know, um, in my department, a lot of times, my go-to guy was uh, a guy who retired, it was uh, Dan O'Connor, or I would, uh, you know, still working with me often, uh, Rodney O'Neill, you know, mm -hmm. uh, people that teach social studies in the special ed environment that I go to, you know, I, I'll, but I'll lean on anybody, mm -hmm. you know, like, there's um, elementary teachers if I'll go to mm -hmm. and, and ask them, uh, but it, as us veterans, it's our job to go and check in on um, our younger members, mm -hmm. and and not listen. It's not just you know uh, the teacher or the social worker, the psychologist, the librarian. It's also you know it's alright to check in on the TA in your classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, just making sure we're all you know all right. You know, okay, because with the pandemic and everything, it's just important to make sure that we're all okay. Um, so I think that's a role we all have to take on or if we can, you know, not all of us can, um, but if you can do it, uh, I would take it on. NYSA is more than 600,000 people who work in or are retired from New York schools, colleges, and healthcare facilities. We are classroom teachers, college and university faculty and professional staff, school bus drivers, custodians, secretaries, cafeteria workers, teachers assistants and aides, nurses and healthcare technicians. We are dedicated to improving not only our working conditions, but also our professions. We are united in a common commitment to improve the quality of education and healthcare for the people of New York. At NYSIT, we make a difference. Speaking of taking on roles, was it always your life's aspiration to be the union president of our local Belfort Teachers Association? Uh, no, if you talk to me uh, 22, 23 years ago when I was a TA in uh, Eastern Suffolk Boses, I probably would have said my goal is to be in administration. Mm -hmm. um, that was my, you know, in education that, you know, 20 years in. Um, but then I decided, you know, right away in South Country, like, I wanted to be involved in the union. Would I thought that I was to be the union president with uh, 10 years left to go in my career? Um, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, it's not something uh, that I was actively pursuing, <laughs> I should say. So how did it happen? <laughs> uh, so... Uh, so my wife and I and my son were driving out to Southampton on the night that I had free uh, for soccer. And uh, Wayne White calls me up and I said, hey, Wayne, you know, you're on speaker with my kid and my wife. And he's like, hey, he's like, are you sitting down? <laughs> I said, am I sitting down? I'm like, yeah, I'm driving to Southampton, bringing in soccer. And uh, he's like, uh, just so you know, he's like, uh, like, I'm leaving. I'm like, what do you mean you're leaving? <laughs> like, he's like, uh, I'm going to go to work for NYSET. I said, oh. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even say, oh. Actually, I was quiet. And my wife looked at me and mouthed the words, you need to say congratulations. 
So, um, congratulations. That's a, yeah, congratulations. That's why I said I congratulated him. Um, and, uh, then we, uh, moved on from there. Um, but, and I do believe that I was a phone call before his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that that is how I was I was notified. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so did I did I think at one time I would be you know maybe look to run to be the president of the union, maybe sometime in my career because you were vice president of course so it wasn't like out of nowhere. But... Correct, but I was <laughs> listen I was the retirement. It was guy. coming, Pat. Yeah. You knew it was but, coming. But I was I was the retirement guy. You know, yeah. if you had a retirement question, <laughs> you know, you came to me. The district, you know. Had questions about you know retirement, they would ask me some things, mm-hmm. uh, and what I mean by that is I'm also one of the delegates for the TRS. So, uh, yeah, that's what I did, um, and um, we had to work and put a new team together. And I think our team is great. Our exec board and our reps and everyone that would uh, fill in a big hole that Wayne left, but we're we're all trying to figure it out. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's how I that's how I became the president. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, the hair has gotten a lot less interesting. <laughs> yeah. but your performance has been great. Everyone's been very impressed. Mm-hmm. Well, as director of social justice for NYSIT, it would make us happy to know that Wayne is working harder now than he ever had to work <laughs> yes. at Belfort High School. So, <laughs> um, all right, so. You claim to be proud of all of us, reps, exec, <laughs> yeah. everyone. Um, how would you, how would you advise or what would you say to like the newer members uh, to our union um, to actually get involved or maybe even go and in run for rep or any position? I, I think the first thing is um, for any of us, is uh, try to do the best job we can possibly do in our classroom, in our social work, in our librarian duty, in all the duties that we do as a psychologist. Get that down. Know your job first. Know how the contract applies to your job. Because, you know, look, you both are social studies teacher, I'm a special ed teacher. You know, the contract's there, but there's some little things that may be different from what I have to do from what you have to do. Right. What I have to do for CSEs or writing an IEP and things like that. You all have maybe your AP stuff that you have to do or um, grading of exams. So get to know your exam, your job first. The most important thing too is ask questions. If you're not sure, ask the questions. Do you know how many bereavement days do you get? Do you know when your longevity should be? Do you know how many sick days you should have? And it's okay to ask those questions. Ask your reps about those questions. Um, come to the social events that we have. Um, participate in the community activities that the BTA puts on. We just did the the book drive. We're going to have... Um, we go to tree lighting stuff. We do uh, Halloween stuff. We'll have different drives throughout the year. Um, also get to know the community that we serve, right? You know, take a look at Boys and Girls Club, uh, walk around the village shopping those stores, 
Um, get to know your students. Find out where they live. Find out what their needs are. And once, and why am I saying this all about how to get involved in the union? Because we don't only serve, but the BTA doesn't really serve just us, the teachers. It helps us advocate for our students. So our protections allow us to advocate for our students. So I don't feel pressure if I need to go advocate for something in the CSE anymore. I'm not really worried so much. Like I'm going to advocate to the best I can what I believe is important for my student. And I think all of us... Uh, do that. Uh, so yeah, a- ask the question, get involved. It's important. Like I said, I only have 10 more years left here. Uh, so I- I'm hoping we find more people to uh, get involved, step up, ask the questions, uh, and become reps, uh, get on committees. Uh, I think, uh, like, like you were saying, <clears throat> a lot of times when people think of work with the union, they... Picture it as something that sometimes is in opposition to the districts, but a lot of a lot of BTA activities are really aligned with what the district wants to do also. So it's a great opportunity to get involved, even when you're non-tenured. If you're giving out books to children in the community, <laughs> the district is very happy that you're doing that. And the BTA is very happy that you're doing that. And the kids in the community benefit. So you don't have to wait. You know, there are some times when, when, you know, let's face it, labor relations can be oppositional sometimes, and that's not the kind of thing you get involved in necessarily when you're non-tenured. But uh, I can tell you, like, I remember I was in a weird position. I ran for union rep just before I was tenured, which I wouldn't recommend anyone do, <laughs> but I was in a good spot. It was okay. Um, and then I was a union rep for four or six years. I was senior rep, and uh, I was, we we're coming up on an election, and I said to Pat, who wasn't holding any position. I said, Pat, I think you should run for rep. And he said, I'm not going to because I wouldn't run against you. And I said, well, I don't care. I'd be perfectly fine with you running and beating me. But then I went home and I decided um, to just not run. Because I said, I'm, I was a bit of a gap. Between, like I was kind of blocking some people because people you know, being nice and saying like, oh, I don't want to necessarily beat him in an election. So I kind of stepped to the side and uh, your contributions to the BTA <laughs> have been way, way higher than mine. So I feel really good about that. But, uh, but I would say that too, that like, um, I think generally people who are running for elected positions, they don't mind elections. If you win and they lose, they're going to they're gonna have a good laugh and say, my condolences to you. <laughs> You're going to have to do the work and they're going to get to step aside for a little bit more a simpler life. But I feel good about it. I feel like it worked out long term. Me stepping aside yeah. for you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was great advice. Like, just be comfortable in your own position and start with the socialization, getting to know the community, and then get your feet wet a little bit more in some more official ways. Yeah, and I think it's important. We The biggest thing is rely on each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I go to guidance all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, to find out about my students, you know, um, I'll go to other teachers, I'll just ask them questions, um, and it just makes people know, like, listen, we're in this together, mm-hmm. good, bad, or indifferent, we're, 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 we're in this together, so let's figure out what we can, because ultimately, you know, we'll, we'll turn out a better product. I think that sounds like a really great last line I agree and I think 
this was even a better interview than the first one. I think it was. <laughs> Let's hope this one recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Take three, maybe. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be like the Mets. Three strikes and I'm oh, like, oh, That's what the podcast oh, comment. Oh. <laughs> this is being recorded right before the Yankees start their, their playoff series. And just after the Mets. Uh, after the Mets there. Lost. <laughs> so now I wish I, I never let you run for <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you, Pat, for coming back. And um, sitting down with us again. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Again. (laughs) Yes. It was great talking to you. Listening to Pat's podcast interview again, it just cracks me up. Pat is a really good friend of mine. And for those of you who don't know him uh, more closely or more personally, I hope this episode gave you a little bit more insight as to who our president is. He uh, really is a wonderful person. He is thinking of all of us whenever he is representing us at central office. I am uh, fully uh, convinced of that. He's always thinking of um, all of the teachers, all of the guidance counselors, psychologists, everyone under his umbrella. He understands uh, that he doesn't know everything, and so he is really open to listening, and I really appreciate that as someone who brings more than one uh, issue to him, and so I appreciate uh, his attention, his consideration, and I feel really confident that we have someone like him uh, talking uh, before us uh, to central office, to our board members, And I'm really happy that he sent us a message that uh, we all have within our own power to be agents of change um, and influential people within our membership because our union is not made up of just executive board members and representatives. We really are our union. And if we um, have something that we want, we all have the power to speak up for it. And so moving forward, um, I hope that if you don't know Pat Brady, that you introduce yourself to him because he really is um, a kind person, very approachable. And, um, you know, I I hope this gave you a little more insight. Uh, Stay tuned for some uh, episodes coming up on a particular issue that is uh, close to my heart which is on parental paid family leave. And we are going to start taking a look at um, what the rights and benefits that we currently have are, uh, what kinds of things we want to be, you know, starting to demand as a union and um, how we can go about that. And so it should be an interesting little mini series on uh, the, the state of paid parental leave Uh, in New York, uh, especially or specifically on Long Island. All right, everyone, have a great school year this year. And to all of our new teachers this year, please introduce yourselves to your building level representatives. We are here for you, whatever you might need, and we hope you have a wonderful year.